All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Liberation Podcast. This is episode 20. I'm joined today by my lovely co-hosts, Carly, Marcus, and Ryan. Shout out to you guys. Um, and then shout out to our first time and last time and returning listeners. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Uh, so basically, if you're new to the podcast, what we are, we are the political wing of the What You Expect podcast network. Uh, we talk about kitchen table politics. We're not experts. We're not DC insiders. We just sit around in the podcast, kick it, talk about politics. I just want to say that's Cap. I'm in, I'm in grad school for that, so that's what I am. <laughs> okay. Any future employers, doesn't matter what party, doesn't matter what lobbyist group, <laughs> we are available. <laughs> we are more than available. My schedule is free right now. Period. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you need a, a black guy to stand behind you or you see some crazy stuff. Hey, man. Hey, sometimes, you know? sometimes I'm, sometime I'm kind of down for the diversity hire sometimes. Shout out to the All right, so what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about some karma. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Ryan has a, a good take on Biden's promises. And then if we have time, we're going to knock out a couple of headline items. And then I have some... Uh, crazy takes on our VP Kamala Harris. All right, so let's kick things off. Guys, before we start the podcast, I think we should book a trip to Cancun, Mexico. What do you guys think? My gosh. I would love it. that. I would love that. Mm, I don't just know it again today up here. I'm ready to go. I don't want right. to go anywhere t- um, Ted Cruz has been. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Teddy's back in Texas. So. He came. He came back. You guys bullied him. Yeah, bullying works. I just, just want to say. I just want to say that I played my part as a citizen of the United States in bullying a senator to come back home and do his job. I deserve a round of applause for that. Guys, I I, I, I violated him. I violated him on Twitter. Uh, guys, we are being way too harsh on him now. He's a dad. Yes, he's married. Yes, his wife is fully capable of raising the kids. His himself. ugly wife. But um, her, his daughters wanted to go to Cancun. I mean, you can't say that. Cause... Right? So he had to do what he had to do. No. Because... Not according to them texts. From... Not according right. to them texts. He had a whole suitcase. The text leaked, man. Somebody, Look, leaked, man. somebody from the group chat leaked the text. Ooh. Somebody ain't loyal to the who cause, has it out? Who has it out for the Cruz family? That's what I want to know. I could wonder. I could only That's imagine. what I was wondering, too. Like, do you think Ted Cruz got friends, bro? Like, yeah. also, I'm serious. Like, Probably, Lindsay, like, the uh, other, like, you know, maybe, like... Josh Hawley? No. Josh Hawley's not a friend. Lindsey no. Graham said that Ted Cruz could get shot on the Senate floor and the Senate <laughs> could be no the judge and jury and will find, will find no one guilty for killing him. And every day I his think wife, about that. No, his wife is his friend. Maybe his wife is probably his best friend. He throws his like, wife. Like, his wife. Sometimes like his you know you marry up. Sometimes you marry up. You know, like I, I hope to marry rich. So sometimes you know you gotta <laughs> like you know. That's probably what his wife did. There are some things about that whole Ted Cruz thing. One, I didn't know how out of shape Ted Cruz was. That you guy, didn't? I did like not. Pablo Escobar. He had the Pablo Escobar fit. Oh, now. seriously? The he looked just like him. Seriously, seriously. Why is, why is Ted Cruz in a, in that a public gut is, airport? That gut is. That was my up. second take, yeah. man. That was my second take. Like you take not, a private jet anywhere. <laughs> like you're he's not, not poor. wealthy. He's not wealthy. <laughs> but he doesn't but have one. Isn't, isn't his wife a? Isn't a wife work for Goldman Sachs? But they might not have a PJ. Yes. They might not have a PJ. Or yeah, right. you can write, you can yo, write yo, yo, yo. It's dead ass only like five racks. It's only five racks. Five racks for a private jet flight. Ted Cruz right. can do five racks. Well, exactly. maybe he, would, maybe he wanted he, to set himself up. See, some people have any benefactors or somebody who's giving him his campaign money can't give, give him the PJ. You know what they all say? All press is good press. Ted Cruz probably planned this shit. No one is crazy. Nah, man. Well, this might be a nah. case study to end that. The way <laughs> I see it is like some people, like when they go on a PJ, like to make the number make sense, like the people going, like usually chip in. And it's like, oh, we're all rich. We can just all chip in for this PJ. I mean, if he was only traveling with his kids, it really makes no sense for him to pay $5,000 for him to go on a, like, on what he claims 
to just be a drop off situation. That ain't a drop off. My we son know it wasn't a drop off. He, no, I'm saying he's saying it was a drop off situation. I know it wasn't a drop off situation. You saw the but I guess man. to fully Bro. to fully feed the story that it was like, oh, I'm just going. Like, oh, I just got on a regular. His first mistake. His first mistake was was traveling commercially. Like, you know, somebody was going to take a picture of you. You're Ted Cruz. Yes. Like, whether, you know, people don't like you and that's fine, but you're still Ted Cruz. So you knew, and you're a senator from Texas. So they're probably all thinking what we're thinking. Like, we're in Texas in the middle of a weather crisis, and you're on a plane going to Cancun. Let me take my phone out. Oh my God, bitch. Guess who's on my plane? Ted Cruz. I can't believe him. So mm-hmm. that was this his first mistake. Maybe if he flew private, we would have never found out. You know, you know, this guy was so hated that he got a police escort to the airport and the cops <laughs> leaked it that he got a police escort. Like that, is, like when the cops the, hate you and a Republican, that's bad. <laughs> wasn't the only guy to flee, though. I think the attorney general from Texas also fled to Utah during the storm as well. So I don't, he, I, and I think he took a PJ as well. So even if, you know, to Carly's point, I think if, even if you took a PJ, if they don't like you, you know, they're going to find out about it. Like somebody's gonna leak that shit. And- I wonder right. how much, how much taxpayers' money it costs to give Ted Cruz a police escort. He got a police escort to the airport, and then uh, customs police officers at the airport escorted him off the plane. Why does he need an escort off the plane? I don't know, but he needed because somebody might run up on him. <laughs> I live in Texas. He wouldn't, do- and it's not like he doesn't deserve it. Especially after Rand Paul got knocked out a couple weeks years ago. Now, Rand Paul instigated that fight with his neighbor. He got knocked out. <laughs> he got, he knocked, got knocked out. out. Did he have like a broken arm community. or something? He showed he up did. to the Capitol in a sling, I remember. Yeah, yeah. He got his ass beat. Yep. <laughs> all of these all of these program libertarians be getting their ass beat. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then running to that government health care insurance, huh? <laughs> Love to right, see that, it. That nobody else should have but them. But uh, uh, Larry, let's change gears. Let's talk about Texas a little bit, right? And what happened in Texas. So if you've been living on a for rock, um, uh, capitalism failed in Texas, surprisingly. Uh, their system of like, electricity and stuff like that uh, completely failed. It was not winterized. Uh, so basically their natural gas pipes burst. Uh, their wind turbines, which caused 10% of their energy, didn't operate efficiently, which is why the Green New Deal is a dead deal for us. We shouldn't do it. Uh, people were left in their homes. They didn't have any heat. No electricity. They're freezing. Um, pretty, uh, pretty scary conditions in Texas. There, um, you know. So, I think my, I think my biggest problem with, with Texas, just like Republican, Republican controlled states. If you look at Republican controlled states like Wisconsin, like on a, on a serious level, like Scott Walker, what's that dude name? What, what's the Indian guy name? The Indian governor that from Louisiana. Uh, you're Jimmy Kendall or something like that? Yeah, he ran for president. Um, If you look at all of those states that ran, they ran those states into the ground, those Republican governors. Republican policies don't work. Like, you can't say, yo, I'm not charging no no taxes. Um, Because you want to live in a state like Texas that charges no taxes. There's no no money to build a a proper infrastructure. You're going to get the worst of everything, which led to the wind turbines not having the proper materials for the wind turbines to spin you know like having pup, a private uh utility company control having so much control and stuff that shows that only both of the argument to have like publicized utilities because obviously when you have a, a public utility firm like there's a more accountability there's no way like somebody is paying for one week of electricity they're paying sixteen thousand dollar electricity bill like come on that yeah. makes no sense i mean even just to just to piggyback off of that like this is an issue where i think texas had the ability texas is it's kind of off like this because they they went out of the way to separate their grid from the rest mm-hmm. of the country there's an east eastern grid a western grid and texas was like nah we're just going to do our own grid and then there's there was no real incentive for anybody who's kind of who's uh, under the i guess jurisdiction of their of the regulatory agency they were just like yeah there's no incentive to invest or prepare our 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 infrastructure for something like this and then what happens is you know if it's a situation like this where they're just going to go ahead and make a ton of money because uh 
they're able to just charge charge uh because there's no there's no there's no energy there so it's basically like there's a ton of they basically did no work and now they're able to just take all of this money from people and you're seeing it now with people saying they're charged thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars for energy that they're not getting because the, the supply just isn't there you have all this dem pent up demand because you know they didn't do anything they basically left these people out to suffer um and it's something you know it's it's funny i was researching this and it's actually this stems back to like the early 2000s with uh with mm -hmm. what happened with enron and george w mm -hmm. bush and rick perry they kind of just left them out to dry for this situation it just sucks that you know these republican policies even from you know years ago what feels like years ago are coming back to like bite the state like this yeah the thing i kind of loved the most is like i'm not from california i lived there for a little bit but i'm not really from there um if you talk to like most Republicans, the first thing that come out of their mouth is they're going to completely shut in California. Like that's the reason why we can't have Democrats who are on the United States, right? Look at how bad California is. Like, what are you talking about? It's like the richest state in the U.S. Yeah. pretty much. <laughs> they, if, if California seed from the union, it'd be the 20th richest country in the world. Something like that. I think even higher, right? Yeah. Um, some uh, Last time I checked, it was like 20 or like 10 or something like that. It's supposed to be like, you know, like... Yeah, something well, like that. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, there's so much criticism that California received. And like some of it is pretty fair. It is kind of refreshing to see that karma kind of bit Texas, the Republican state. Does right Elon Musk trying to leave to go to Texas? Right. I, I hope is I hope I hope Tesla electricity bill was was high. Uh, but Elon could have Elon could afford it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the Tesla solar panel, so they're probably yeah. right. <laughs> Just from the Green New Deal, though, that's apparently ruining everything, according to Governor Abbott and uh, some other Texas Republicans. Dude, that was a nuts, nuts, nuts. Fox interview. Like, I don't know if you guys <laughs> but saw it. But, uh, I don't, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, no. I don't watch Rick Perry, no. and I don't watch Fox. The wild thing was he actually like gave the real reason like before the interview, and then I guess something changed between like his initial answer. To, you know to what went wrong to going on fox he was like no 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 i'm gonna flip it and blame it on the green new deal and green energy it was like what are you doing right and like i forgot who was like interviewing him i don't know if it was tucker carlson or who uh but it was just like he set himself up for like an easy counter question like he was like 10 percent of the state's energy is produced by wind and this is why like our system failed what happened to the other 80 90 percent you know <laughs> like that's supposed to control the state system <laughs> it's it's i feel like for for texas it's a wake-up call about republican policy but it's a wake-up call just about to say that. it's a it's a wake-up call that they're not gonna get yes yeah, I, I was they, like nah. my biggest takeaway from this whole situation is like even though this is going on and then it's like even looking at the situation with ted cruz for example it's like it's it's really not gonna change. Like they're gonna right. continue to vote Republican, despite the fact that it's like the people who are supposed to be um, in charge during situations like this, or who are supposed to like do something about like these type of situations, um, always are gonna invoke their privilege. Like you're freezing, you have no electricity. You're having to go to like extreme lengths. I've seen people having to heat food with candles and, yeah. you know, like about the, the mother and her, I think a mother and her child who died because they were like trying to heat themselves in the car. Um, they ended up dying from carbon monoxide. When you think of situations like that and you realize like a lot of these people weren't expecting this type of weather because it's Texas, but at this end of the day, you have people who are just trying to survive in extremist weathers. But then on the other side of that, you have these wealthy senators and representatives who are like you know i'm gonna just pack my bags and leave because i can do that like i have somewhere i could go um whether it's a foreign country or another home in another state or a vacation house whatever the case may be i have an option to leave and it's a very unfortunate because you would think that in situations like this extreme situation like this people would kind of look at the situation and be like you know what these they don't care about me like they don't care because it doesn't affect them but that's not how, like, logically speaking, you would think that that's how the thought process would go. But we've seen this time and time again where the higher ups and the people who are supposed to take action during situations like this fail and people continue to still vote the same way. So I, I feel like at this point, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I don't even know, like, when a person or people in general would get tired. Because you would think yeah. that this type of situation would be like, you know what, something has to change because they don't take us seriously or they don't care about us 
But I mean, you know, we've seen it time and time again that that's not how that goes. I feel like it's the I feel like it's the pull yourself up by the bootstrap mentality that Americans have, you know, like oh uh yo you, you no no government the look we can go back to the governor the, the mayor of Colorado City in Texas yeah when he when he posted that flagrant uh flagrant message on Facebook talking about yeah you, everybody waiting for government and out the 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 strong surviving the weak will die some some message like that just yeah. just imagine you're freezing to death and, I feel like that, and what, you're looking yeah. to your government government official for like some reinforcement and this thing is telling you yo the strong we surviving the weak die yeah. like, that's not even but that's more like, than america though that's just, that's a texas thing that's a very much you know because texans you know much more so than just you know pulling up myself by the bootstraps it's, they're very much a, you know i gotta get mine Right. I don't care what you're doing. I've got to get my. That's why libertarianism, right. you know, we talked about Rand Paul before, but that's a very libertarian thing to do. It's like, I'm going to get mine. I don't care what you're going to do. Just don't get in my way. That's kind of the it's mentality that he has when, you know, especially when you're the mayor of like a town of 4,000 and it's like, you know, nobody cares about what you're doing over there. But yeah, that's that's very much a very Texas attitude. But I, that goes to what I'm, I'm saying about how capitalism has kind of crippled people in the sense that you really believe that the government officials that you elect for this very reason or for these very scenarios don't have to show up and, and do what they're supposed to do because you've been led to believe that if you find yourself in a sticky situation, it's your responsibility to get out of it. And yeah. in some situations that might be the case, but in this type of situation, that's not the case. Like if your senators and your governors and your mayors and, and whatever your elected officials, you know, fail you every single time, what are you voting for? Like, I, I feel like the logic behind that makes no sense to me because it's like, if that was the case, then what are they campaign for? Like, what are you voting for them for if they're not going to do what you, you know, what, you, what they're supposed to do? Like, everyone is like, oh, if I was Ted Cruz, I would have done the same thing. That's the problem. That's the yeah. problem. That's, that's a lot of that. It, yeah, that's a, that's in itself is a problem because... For you to imaginary or, you know, put yourself in a magistrate situation where you're in, you're responsible for the lives of, of people, your constituents. And you're like, you know, I'm gonna just pack my bags and leave and let them deal with it. That's not okay. It's not. I feel like, I feel like one, of, one, of, one thing that I learned, like, in my classes that I've been taking is that government officials are elected. Um, they choose, they, nobody asks you to run. Right. You decide that you in a democracy, right. you decide that you want to run. You people elect you to put you in the places to make these decisions. You're supposed to be representing what these people want, you know, what these people need to be done. You're you're we hired you. You you I'm public to be a public servant a ser, a servant is in your name. You in know, the like, most simplest terms, that's literally how you should look at it. Like that is, you that is chose it. to run, like you chose to apply, you chose to run, and we the people are the ones who elected you because we believed in the things that you were saying. So for you to then adopt this attitude where Thank I got where I, you know I got where I wanted to go, I no longer have to do the work. It, it just makes no sense to me. It does, but it doesn't because I feel like it's it's very especially in this situation, it's inhumane. It's mm -hmm. inhumane. You really think people vote uh, because they want them to be served or because they just make them feel better? No, I, feel oh, bad. you mean why people run? Yeah, I mean, I mean no, why people oh, you vote. Right. You just, you just said right. that people, you know, vote because they want them to serve. But I think that more often than not, people choose, you know, the rep elected representatives because they make them feel good. Yeah, and that I could be in the terms of, you know, oh, they'll, make me, they'll take care of me. No, like, I agree. If you have someone like AOC, like, I feel that she's someone who's going to take care of the people that voted for her. Right. But at the same time, you could just be like, oh, I just like Ted Cruz more than the other guy. Whether right. Beto or work because Beto's well, going to take our guns. I think for me, it, it can be as simple I'm, as that. I'm more so thinking about the people who have no, like, who who see voting as like I don't have no other option. Because you know there are some people who look at voting like, you know, I've been like, you know, this person was here for X amount of time and they did nothing. So mm -hmm. this person is saying that they're going to do more than the last person did, and I have no choice but to believe them because what are my options? So when I say that, I mean those type of situations, like people who really are at the who are at a point where it's like, you know, you said that you were going to do this for me and you said that you were going to make my life better in this way and you did it. 
But now this person is promising me that they're going to undo all the things that this last person did. And I believe them because what other choice do I have? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us look at, you know, elections for what they are. I think now we're at a point where we see it for what it is, where it's like, you know, it probably you, you promised me all these things, probably not going to give it to me. But I'm going to go ahead and vote for you anyway, because I, I got to vote or because, you know, I believe in I believe yeah. in voting. I, but, I mean, yeah. To segue into to segue into the next topic, actually, like this is a great way to start. Like, as Marcus said, do people vote for these people because they have they have to give them something to believe in and then they to let them feel good? Because I feel like for let's look at Joe Biden and. Is current the current place that is 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 administration is it you know like Joe Biden didn't really run a policy every campaign like most of it was but if you read his plans like that did drive people out and those people that he do hold the favor none of that has happened like he's like probably days today twenty second probably this is probably like his one month mark since he became president and. None of his administration incentives, none of the promises, most of the things that he, he, he has promised has walked back. He has walked back on them crazy. You gonna tell my you gonna tell the black leaders no police reform. No reform like the fuck is you talking about, bro? I think in certain situations, it depends on like I guess your mindset about it. Like I think if you you know, follow closely with like how elections go or how people like are like in their term, you start to get a genuine consensus that it's like you, you, like I said, a few, like, I think last part of the part before, like a lot of people get into off, a lot of people run on certain policies that they know uh, are like peak peak things for people, like things that people genuinely care about, like healthcare, minimum wage, taxes, that type of stuff. College debt of like, you know, free education, stuff like that. Because you know that it's going to invoke something in people because it's something that people care about. But then they get into office and then it's like, okay, well, I have to then concur with other people who may not agree with the things that I'm saying. And that's why I can't get the things done. But on the other hand of that, it could just be like, I said those things because I knew that those were things that people would vote for me for. And now that I'm here, I don't really have to guarantee that I'm going to do these things because you voted for me already. I'm here. And if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you because you can't do anything about it. And I think that's the, that's the, you know, the double edged sword when it comes to politics in the sense that it's like you have people who really hold value in voting. Like if my vote matters and, and change is going to happen, but some, you know, politicians don't see it that way. It's like a popularity contest or it's like a means to get what I want. I have a question. Do y'all think do y'all think the the issue is is that Republicans are aggressive and Democrats aren't? Aggressive in what way? <clears throat> like aggressive in in pursuing whatever they want. Like there is no like when they passed that that tax cut, they didn't Mitch McConnell didn't come to the Senate and ask, yo, like, for bipartisan support. Like, mm-hmm. he said, this is going to happen, and this is what we're going to do. For mm-hmm. Amy Coney Barrett, she did the same thing. When Trump did pass all of his policies, he didn't care. Like, he invited Nancy and, and Chuck to the, to the White House, and they left angry. He passed the bills that he wanted. He didn't care. Like, they, it's, just, it's just like, I promised my people, Mitch McConnell said, I promised my people Supreme Court picks, and that's what I'm going to give them. Yeah, and that's a, what he did. There's definitely a ruthlessness to the way that the Republicans govern versus the Democrats. Where they, you know, one of the things that I hate hearing, and it's something that goes all the way back to Biden when he was running in 2018, 2019, where he was saying he was talking about his ability to work with people on the other side of the aisle. He was like, oh, oh I've worked with Republicans before. And it's one thing I know on Twitter, everyone who's, who pays attention to politics is like, what the hell are you doing? Get this yeah. guy out of here. And then it's something that's even now we hear Nancy Pelosi talk about, oh, we, need, we want a strong Republican Party. We need a strong Republican Party. Yeah. And it's like, you'll never hear Republicans say anything like that. Republicans don't give a damn. Rep- Democrats are the only ones who are still kind of interested in this, uh, having you know two parties that are functioning. But Republicans don't care. I wish that it's, it's one of the things that I think that if Democrats came with the same kind of mentality, then we would have already had you know, the, the stimulus bill or the relief bill, whatever you want to call it, that would have right. already been done. Yeah, Some of the action... 
the action on you know uh, uh, racial equality on the Paris Agreement on Iran things like that that are still kind of out there uh, would have been putting, done would have been but done think, the, yeah the points but it's like the Marshall Fudge thing which is something that still kind of grinds my gears because it's like me too that was a queer issue like Tom first of all right. Tom Vilsack didn't give you anything uh, and he already it, served in that role already already yeah. served in that role pissed a bunch yeah. of people off when he was in that role didn't didn't give you Iowa despite you know some polling saying that Iowa was up in play he didn't deliver Iowa whereas James Clyburn delivered uh delivered you the nomination and you're not going to you know reward him by you know giving him his pick uh for for the the agriculture department so it's like things like that it's like you could definitely you could have done that and i think if if he had again chuck schumer is not mitch mcconnell i don't know if the operatives on the left are the same as on the right but i don't think there's that same kind of mentality that would get things done for the left that the right clearly has and was able to you know was able to get the tax cut done at least was able to get a lot of judge and federal appointments done um they didn't Mm -hmm. kill Obamacare, which was a good thing, but yeah, I do wish that. So it's one thing that I bemoan all the time. We don't we don't operate the way that they do. That but hurts us. I think that's something that we've consistently said, like during this, like you know, every time we 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 have this conversation or we this just topic comes up in general is that you know it would be interesting to see if it would be inter- it would be an interesting dynamic to see if Democrats adopted kind of the same tactics and drive that Republicans can. And a, and a part of me is like, are, are Republicans aggressive or are Democrats just not aggressive enough? They're like, just, I think Republicans that, are just not afraid, in my opinion. That's what I, like, that's my, yeah, my take on it. Like, I no. think it's like, there's no need to be afraid. Yeah. There's no need to be afraid because I'm going to get what I want because it's almost as like, I say I want this, I'm going to get it. And a lot of times we can make excuses for Democrats and say, you know, like they're they're having to like fight against Republicans, but Republicans have to do the same. Like it's a it's a two way street. The only difference is Republicans are have no consideration for how the Democrats feel. And so I feel like if the Democrats adopted that same attitude, there's no telling what could get accomplished. Like, I think we would definitely get more accomplished than we do now. Mm-hmm. For sure, I, I would. I can't help but to think, you know, how long ago we would have gotten two thousand dollars if they were more, you know, if they were more like Republicans. But I feel also like, though there was an impeachment. Just want to throw that oh, out yeah, there. Oh yeah, that too. That, but, that, but, I think that's still slowed things down. Just to just to be fair. Yeah, yeah but I also feel like we have a tendency to kind of like dance around the same things over and over and over and over again, and it's like I don't feel that it's that way. Like, I don't feel like it's that way on the other side for Republicans. It's more so like, you know, we say this is what we want and we've come to a general consensus that this is what we all want. And so this is what's going to happen. The way I look at it is, the way I look at it, it's kind of weird. So if y'all watch Infinity War, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The Avengers, the Avengers was, was really a good group of people, but Thanos, you really got to admire his efficiency and effectiveness in carrying out goals and policies. Republicans in this place is literally Thanos. Thanos. Like, they really plan and I got to give it to Mitch McConnell. It's not like Mitch McConnell was working with a 10-seat majority in the Senate. Like, he had basically the same kind of arrangement. Think 54-46. Like, and he, he just was more efficient. Like, well, the thing that kind of gets me about Biden is I think it's just his attitude and tone about certain topics mm. kind of like gets to me. Like, for example, like we watch like the Joe Biden town hall on CNN. Nope, not happening. That, right. Like uh, this lady acts like, hey, people are really struggling with like student loan debts. We do need that $50,000 relief. You know, what are you going to do about it? Man just said no, just no, straight no. up. Yeah, that's what up. I thought. And this is why I wanted Elizabeth Warren to be president right right because if elizabeth warren is going to tell me no she's going to sit me down and explain to me you know like yo i I might elizabeth warren might say yo i can't give you fifty thousand. mike can give you twenty five thousand, and here's why you know joe biden literally doesn't can't explain himself i mean his answer is is the same it's like oh i don't think i have the authority when it's like there's been multiple people come out and say you you have the authority authority." His but answer I'm, on that was so insulting, though. He would. It, he just went. He said on not happening. He said he not said, happening. No, no, no. He yeah. said not happening. Then he started rambling about how his grandchildren are in like over a hundred k in debt, 
but they're okay. <laughs> it's just like what? Like, bro, how does that help us, up, bro? Like that doesn't ha- right now. I also think it was. A, it also kind of plays into the idea that, like, I feel like when Joe Biden, when Joe Biden ran, I said, "Oh my, said Joe Biden," because it's the Joe Twitter Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden. So but, uh, Joe Biden, man. I'm, but, I'm um, a Joe Biden podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when I think also was interesting about like Biden becoming president is that a lot of people were hopeful that you know that this was going to happen because he said it was but i also think in, in the on the other end of it a lot of people just voted for him cuz they wanted trump to go so it wasn't oh, really like necessary for him to for fo- for him to follow through as the way a lot of people are looking at it is like yeah like he kind of falls short on his promises but at least we don't have trump and so i think mm-hmm. at the on on the one hand it's like yeah like you know we've you know, we don't have Trump anymore, but I still want you to do the things that you say you were going to do. Like student loan debt is a lingering things for a lot of Americans. Um, Healthcare, like the stimulus, like, you know, the stimulus relief, like these are things that people want, like people voted for him for because he said he was going to do them. So for him to kind of like, is it something I'm shocked by? No, but it's still, you know, kind of like, you know, distasteful. And this yeah, is yeah, what the said you were going to do this thing, you know, and he affirmed it's not like he said, oh, I, you know, I'm going to try my best. I'm, I'm going to I'm, he promised like he looked people in the eye and said that I will do this. Right. I actually don't think he did that for the fifty thousand dollars. He's always he I think he's, he's, he's been consistent about ten grand. Yeah, I don't know whether he. Oh no, no, no! I wasn't even talking about that. But he did make a promise to get rid of, to get rid of student loan. He he promised to do something about student loan debt, whether it be the whole thing or fifty or ten. But he promised at the very least that if you, you know, you came from a family that made like under what was it, one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year? Yeah, one hundred twenty-five. I have it here, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Then you wouldn't have to pay to go to a state school. He's also making. He wants to make a community college free as well. Yeah, no, no, part no, of his plan. No, 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 and and that's the thing. I don't see any of those because you got it. Yeah. So what you yeah. gotta under what most people don't understand is that Joe Biden technically is a is a two year pres as a two year presidency because after when that midterm comes in like two years, if they lose, he's literally on the road campaigning again for president. So he has two years to make this work because the Senate, the House is we we probably gonna lose. Let's be honest. It's a big chance we're going to lose the house. The Most Senate. presidents lose. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, so he right now has, as the both chambers that's working for him. The reason I'm be real with y'all as, as an immigrant, the real reason I voted for, for, for Joe Biden was because I didn't want to see kids in cages anymore. And yeah. the fact that that's still happening is they're opening new facilities. That really hurts. I don't know how y'all feel about hey, that. Can I, can I say something? I think a lot of like one of the biggest things for me is I share the same sentiment as Ryan, you know, like you have people who have families who have been ripped apart, you know, for Mm -hmm. so long to the point where like a lot of them haven't been reunited and probably won't be. And it's deeper than that. But I feel like to critique Joe Biden as the president is not to say like, you know, a lot of people when you critique Joe Biden, a lot of people's response is, well, was Trump better? Oh, oh, you a Trump supporter? Oh, oh, but you want Trump back. And it's like, no offense, that shit really infuriates me because it's like, I feel like that's very ignorant and it's very like uneducated because it's it's bigger than it's bigger than Trump and it's bigger than in Biden. I think I think but it's bigger in the sense that you have everyday people who have to deal with shit from people who say that they're going to do something to change and to make America better for everybody or to give people equal opportunity or even Joe Biden who ran, you know, as a, like kind of like a contrast to Trump, like all the things that you had to deal with for the last four years, it's going to be better. I'm going to make it better. We're going to be a better country. And it's like, when are we going to be a better, better country? When are you going to do the things that you promised to do to make this country better or to make, you know, to make everyone have, you know, an equal, equal start or equal opportunity. And none of those things I have, I have seen. And so I don't think it's fair for people's response to be, oh, but Trump, 
what the like Trump ain't like take Trump out of it because he's not the president anymore. But yeah. look at it for what it is, and it's like you know you look people dead in the eye and ask for their vote because you in exchange for the things that you say you were gonna do. And so now I feel robbed of my vote because you have yet to do anything of the things that I anything. voted for you to do. Yeah. Like there's no. no way we there's no way we didn't get get the the stimulus checks already. There's or no substantive legislation on that. Bro, you have both houses. What are we doing? What are we doing? I had two questions for you guys before uh one, did anyone review the immigration bill that you just dropped? Uh I said just dropped like it's an album. No, not you even just put out the immigration bill. Uh I think yesterday or maybe it was uh over the weekend. I think he just released it. Um but I, I haven't gone over it yet. So I I think it is interesting because you guys, I think that was one of the big things that's, you know, certainly moved me. So like, it's one of the th negative things about Trump. One of the many things that he does have to fix. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, so I thought it was good that he did get a bill, but I'm not sure if he addressed the child, the children in cages. I think, I think there's, there's, there's new, they're going to build a, another facility for people. So another set of cages. And that's the thing when the, 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 the thing that, made me like so upset about all of this is that this should have been one of joe biden's platform move because you build those you and obama build those cages regardless of trump using those cages you build them you you built them like that's just what it is like we have to take responsibility that the that the cages were built during the obama and biden administration so it would be good enough to see that you guys take the step to, to tear like that case tear those cages down are completely clueless a lot of people are completely clueless to the Obama Biden administration and what they actually have done. Um, I know for, for a lot of black people specifically, it was like, oh, Obama was the first black president. And that's why I voted for him. Cool. But a lot of people also voted for Joe Biden because he was the vice president at one point. And so mm -hmm. it's like, uh, if you don't do your research, you wouldn't know that these cages were there before Trump. Like Trump didn't just magically, these cages didn't just magically appear when Trump was president. Like they've been there. And it, right. and it doesn't matter who yeah. the president is, it's wrong. And however you view immigration, there's still people at the end of the day. Yeah. And they, and they're children. Like it's not even, it's it and, and for me, it's not even about how you feel about immigration, whether you agree with it, disagree with it, which I don't even, you know, I don't even understand how you could disagree with people. It, like it's whatever P public but, mostly supports it i think about like a two-thirds margin like it's it's pretty big there's right. a lot of support in doing something doing the right thing on Im immigration for um or the left position on immigration so that's the thing that, that kind of like sorry to cut you off that's the thing no. that kind of infuriates me a, a lot about this is that joe biden's policies initially are very very popular the stimulus package is very very popular and then he's going back on all of them higher minimum wage is very very popular and like ryan was well, ryan was talking earlier we have both houses what are we talking about and like i don't see any fight or nothing coming out that goes to this. my point it's like <laughs> did you even want to do it right like, that's the shit that really gets me is that you can come up with you can come up with excuses you could say it's you know i i i tried to do it but they you know they pushed back on it but it's like is that really what's going on and i and mm. i'm i don't feel like that is what's going on I feel and, and like, he, and he can't even. My sorry to cut you off. He can't even use the, you know, I'm I'm just one month in excuse because you had all that time to see the fucked up policy that was going on. You said you had all of these policies that that already been crafted that you could talk. You've been in the, you was in the Senate for four, damn near forty years, most more than most people lifetime. You know what you could have done. You had you you saw Mister bipartisanship and Mister I reach across the aisle. Why don't you talk to your colleagues, your former colleagues, and and work something out? Like yeah. there's the nothing Senate that is, happened. To be fair, the Senate is slow as shit. Like the Senate is not it's the most. It's, so it's not bad. something that's going to respond to something like that. Like it's, no. it's it's kind of it was the Senate was designed that way. Like it's yeah. supposed to kind of del deliberate these things and kind of come up with a with a thought out reasonable response to these things rather than kind of like a rapid response, which happens every now and then when an emergency is declared. But it's it's for something like this, especially like we're seeing it now with the COVID bill. I think Schumer came out today and said that they should have a bill on Biden's desk by March fourteenth, which is another what two three weeks from now. Yeah, something that's. Like, and, and that, that's the thing. If that's not a if this is not a rapid response situation, then what is? Because this today, guess what? Five hundred thousand people died from COVID. 
that's the, that's, that's the point I was. That's another point I wanted to bring up too. Like I think like Biden. One of the, he talked a few about a few reasons that Biden was elected. One of them was that he's not Trump. Another was that was, oh he was part of the Obama administration. But I think another thing was that the COVID response. Like five hundred thousand people are dying. That's kind of like the chief issue. If you look at anything, look at what he was running on. It was that Trump chief fucked up issue, COVID. Yeah. Trump fucked up COVID. I'm Some, coming in to kind of make sure that we have a response. He comes in, he's he's elected, and rather than you know working on a transition that makes sense for him, you know, Trump Trump stonewalls him, and then he has to kind of pick up the pieces as soon as he gets into the office. And I think that that's kind of, you know, and I I guess I'm the guy defending Biden, but I feel like you know there's a re- there's a reason that he's not being able to get to these other things because he couldn't really tackle the COVID issue as early as he wanted to or get briefed on it as much as he wanted to, you know, well, on taking it up. I'll because say- you throw in the insurrection and you throw in the impeachment as well. It's like like, you know, these other things happening and you have yes, 60, 70, 80 year old people who are slow as shit and responding to these things. Well, no, we shouldn't have voted for We got to stop voting for old people. That's that's really the issue. But again, I think there's a lot. Term a lot limits happening. is the issue. Term limits is a huge issue. I, again, yeah. so think, about asking, think about asking your grandparents to, to run the country. It's insane. You wouldn't do that. You could barely ask your grandparents, Great grandparents in my right? case. Great grandparents in your case. I mean, it'd be my parents. My parents are in their sixties right now, so yeah, I would ask them to do a lot. But yeah, we have congressmen kind of running the country that are too old to kind of function and, and walk and chew gum at the same time. Right. So yeah, I think that that's you know, if you're looking for a reason, if you're looking for a scapegoat. Yeah, Biden could certainly be doing a lot more. But again, he's trying to in a hundred days, he's trying to get out the COVID, uh, make sure that the COVID vaccine is distributed as much as possible. He's trying to kind of undo as much of Trump's like executive orders and, and certain things that he did in his four years, trying to undo as much of that. I and then, oh yeah, say, he also wants to get out of COVID bill and try to deal with some of the student right. loan crisis and other, all these other things. So I was watching not go on this plate. I was watching the news and um, he was Ooh. touring the Pfizer facility. Um, and then he gave like a briefing after. And yeah. I can, I can give him that in the sense that he was 100% accurate when he said that the, the time to change the trajectory of this virus has passed, which is true. The time to have done something about this virus was a year ago, and he wasn't the president a year ago. So now it's like, I can only do what I'm, I can only do, I can only focus on this vaccine, because that's really the only thing that's going to, like, get us back to, like, a sense of normalcy. Like, we can't stop the spread. I mean, we could, but we're not, that's not what's going on. Uh, we can't slow it down. We could, but that's just not what's going on. So the only thing we can do is push this vaccine. And I feel like a lot of the focus is COVID right now because it's it's the it's like the thing that kind of like impacts a lot of things, like an umbrella type of situation where it's like if we tackle COVID, other things we can get to. But COVID aside, I just feel like, you know, it's not okay for you to, you know, make promises that really do impact people's lives, like everyday lives, and kind of just shrug it off, like, you know, for me, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it. So, remember when I started this segment, it was, you're let, nobody asked you to run. Right. That's, my, that's my hit back on on the slowness and Joe Biden having a lot on his plate. He knew the task that had. There was how much people were running for the DNC um, nomination? At least 12, 13 around there, right? There was 13 other people that was willing to do the job. You said you could do the job better. You said you could do the job better. You know, you you wanted this role, you know? COVID was still happening while the DNC was primary, like in the middle of the primary because Bernie Sanders was there still in the race with him. You wanted this role. Nobody asked you to run for president. We didn't ask, we didn't beg you. You act you asked us to go vote for you. Yeah, he wanted to be the president. This is a responsibility is that the you president. asked for. Right. It's not like it's not like I have a job and like yo, if I don't do my job, like they, I'm volunteering. No, no, we didn't ask you. You applied, yeah. you came you to applied the for the position. So I just wanted to counter on Marx's like point about Biden's cover response. And I'll say is one thing. Everything that Marcus said, I do agree with. But Biden's response to getting teachers back into classrooms was very Trumpian. Very, very, very Trumpian. Very. I agree with you there. You know what I, I mean? Cause, yeah. Because, like, number one, you're asking teachers. First off, it's, it's like almost the end of February, right? When right. the school mostly ends, like May, May June. June. Can yeah. we, like, wait until, like, the fall to, like, get things, like, back to normal in See, the classroom? See, my... For yeah. me, it's like I have a lot of... I have a few teacher friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a few... 
And a lot of them have expressed to me that, you know, it's a ping pong type of situation. Right. Like we'll say like, okay, we'll try the hybrid method. Right. Um, then we'll just try to go back to school and then a few people get sick and then it's like, oh, you know, okay, we're going to just go back to virtual because people are getting sick. I feel like in this situation, I feel like teachers are kind of and like they're not considered. They're not. And they're not represented and they're not, you know, it's 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 unfortunate because I think if we want obviously we want kids to go back to school for many reasons. Right. right the social right, right, aspect, right. you know, it they they grasp material better, but it's like if that's the, the if that's what we want instead of just trying to force it to happen because we want it to what are we going to do to make the conditions better to get kids back to school and to get teachers back to work safely? But that's not the case. It's like, oh, well, right, people right, are complaining. Right, right. Parents are complaining because they're having to spend more time with their children. They're having to be more involved in their education. Oh, I'm going back to work. I don't know what I'm going to do about childcare because I'm my kid is usually in school. These are not these are not valid reasons for schools to open back up. Right. And I look, I agree with everything you say. I'm not saying that, like, I understand that if you're a parent, like kids, obviously, they learn better in this classroom. Yeah. I 100% understand that. But like me personally, I do think that the CDC was politicized under Trump. And it does seem like it was a little bit politicized under Biden. You can't say that it's safe to open up schools and it's, everything's back to normal for schools when like we have to now double mask when we go to Walmart now. There's more strains of the virus out there that are more contagious. No. You know what I mean? And like but some states but people are not ignore the information that they don't want to hear. Like I don't care like I'm like realistically speaking, we know this. Like this is right. readily inf available information. But it's like I'm going to reject this information because I it doesn't feed what I want. And what I want is for children to go back to school and for schools to open and for things to just go back to normal. I don't right. care that it's not safe. I don't care that things have gotten worse and they're getting worse before they can get better. I just want my kids to go back to school and teachers right. ultimately have to make the choice about whether they want to have a job or whether they want to live. And I think that is a very right. disgusting choice that one has to make. It is disgusting. And I think like, and I'll just get off this point. Um, the, the biggest frustration about American politics is that we never touch the deep issues. We only the scrape the surface, surface. we'll paint over it, but we actually won't deal with like the deep issues. And some of the deep issues that are that COVID has shown us, especially in the education systems, that not every kid has access to the internet, right? Yeah. Well, what's the game plan to deal with that? Not every kid lived in a good home. And we knew that before COVID. Yeah. What was the situation to resolve those issues, right? And then on top of that, Schools were overcrowded before COVID. So, like, if you're going to try to force kids back, how are we going to social distance? That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't say on one end, like, it's, it's safe enough to open up, like, a high school or middle school or whatever. But then, like, the rest of our guys, it's not safe enough for them to do it. And I'm sorry to say you this. both sides out of your mouth here. I'm I sorry. feel like telling people to social distance and wear a mask and practice good hygiene is, like, it's cute. But it's not enough. But we're telling kids to do that. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. It's, but it's like, and and that's the worst group to tell to do that because they're the ones that have the hardest time with that. Like you, you know, like first of all, I remember like when I was younger, like when I used to get my school supply list on the list, it would always be like disinfectant wipes, hand sanitizer, like soap for the classroom or whatever, because kids like just spread germs around. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they they're germ balls. They're all yes. <laughs> They cough on each other. They spit on each other. I mean, not spit on each other. They like just no, they do. all over they're the disgusting. place. Yeah, it's like yeah, they, you know, and, I, and it's the joke. It's People make the joke like, oh, you know, you send your kids to, to school with a Superman mask and they come back with a, this is real. Like they really <laughs> do stuff like this because they had as much as you teach them, like wash your hands, right. do this, do that. It goes above their head. Because they don't, they're, they're kids. kids. Yeah, so they're you're kids, expecting yeah. kids to be something other than what they are, which are kids. And you think that if you just drill it into them over and over and over and over again, they'll get it. And that's just not how kids work. But again, it feeds the narrative that you want that to be the case because you want what you want. 
when real when in reality that's not what's going to happen like kids are not going to magically be cleaner and safer and smarter because you want them to be back in school yeah I think another, and another layer too just to wrap this up is like um biden also wanted to be a very pro-union president it's one of the things that he did campaign yeah. on not as loudly as the other things but yeah. he's kind of ignoring or making an enemy of the, te- the teachers union right by not yeah. standing up between biden and i think fauci too because uh, biden also said you know i want to listen to the scientists and i think fauci coming out and saying you know, oh we're not going to prioritize teachers for the shots I think a CDC also going along that way and saying, oh, teachers don't need shots. I think right. there's been a lot of science saying that that's not necessary. But I think it, psychologically, I think and something, Carly, I think you did a really, really good job speaking towards like we have to protect them. There has to be protections for the teachers. Right. And I think not having their back in this is it's, it's just not a good Heartful. look. It sends the message. It sends the message like you're good enough to educate my child and play a pivotal role in my child's life. But you're not important enough for us to 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 Me extend too. the courtesy and make sure that you're safe and you're protected and you're in the best environment so that you can do your job and thus teach our children. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is a narrative that has, you know, that's pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like teachers are, are constantly just having to make the choice between their passion for teaching because a lot of teachers sign up to do this job because they care about the work that they're doing. They're, they care about the impact that they have on these children's lives and their students. They enjoy the work that they do. But why do people in this country have to choose between what they love and am I getting paid enough? Am I safe? Do my mm-hmm. employers care about me? Like, am I valued? Am I respected? And that's a horrible, that's horrible. Like, I think that's so horrible because it's, it's, it's effed up that they were left out of the first round. Like, well, you know, cause I feel like they deserved it. Yeah, if we want, yeah, if we want kids to go back to school, if you want education to return to what it was or a sense of normalcy, then teachers should absolutely be vaccinated. And by you saying that it's kind of like a contradiction to the fact that you want schools to open back up. Cause how, right. how? Right. Then let's open everything else back up then. Um, I personally think that even though it's one month, heads need to be rolled in that no. Biden administration. They need to hire some new people. Not they haven't even hired everybody. They haven't even confirmed everybody. They haven't confirmed I don't, everybody. I, it's not because sometimes it's not the, the secretary and all those political appointees. It's those advisors around. Them. That's the issue. Like, who's telling them these ideas? That was like the biggest critique of the Bond presidency. It was his advisors next to him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, look at look at Ron Klain, who's his uh, chief of staff. I think he was brought in to kind of run the COVID response. So, you know, if it's yeah, not, if it's part of the COVID team. yeah, he's actually yeah he he was brought he's in to head, run yeah. it. So I think he also ran the uh, the Ebola response as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's yeah. going to be if you're looking for somebody to point to. I mean, he'd be the first guy in my book. All right, guys. So I want to bring it over to Cube's corner. I wanted to get on my crazy take about Kamala Harris, but before I do that, it's a couple of like housekeeping items. Uh, so the last podcast, I actually like tried to back up Joe Manchin, but after doing further research, I want to retract my statements. Um, or oh, my homies ate Joe Manchin, man. Uh, so here's the reason why. Uh, Joe Manchin recently approached uh, Biden's budget office pick. Yep. Nara yeah. Sandin, I believe her name is. Mm-hmm. Nara uh, Sandin, Twitter bully. Tweets. Right. Because of our tweets, even though we mean had a president tweets. that <laughs> tweeted out a lot of stuff that was mean, a lot more mean than what she What's said. But and Susan Joe Manchin, and Joe Manchin voted. Joe Manchin voted fifty-two times with him. Fifty-two yeah. percent of the time with it. So I, I was flabbergasted. I saw like I know Marcus uh, said something in our group chat to like this match is going to deny her to vote for the stimulus package. And I'm like, why? That's <laughs> West not, Virginia that's a, doesn't that's care. A deal, that, <laughs> that's a deal they don't need to make. The strip right. is, yo, somebody need to sit Joe Manson down. I don't care if we lose. Say, yo, in like a year and a half, is either you with us or you against us? Well, I mean, like, to be honest, within a year, we're probably going to have a Supreme Court pick. Joe Manchin, if you want to reject that Supreme Court pick, that's your shot. But right now, why are you attacking Biden's nominees? What's up with you, dude? For, for Office of Management and Budget. Like, right. Not even like a, I like, didn't even know it was appointed. I just I did not know that was a political appointment. Either. Like, it's an important position, but it's not one that's on anyone's, like, no one's thinking about that. Like, you could have. You need to sabotage it. Yeah, you could have sabotaged, you know, Attorney like, General or something. Something more high profile. Bro, why that. is this oh, the hill that God. you have chosen to die on? Okay, so there's another thing also that I want to retract my statements on. So, like, 
I actually, this is a wild statement I would make. I actually listened to Bernie Sanders and he was talking about the $15 minimum wage. I was under the impression that the $15 minimal wage is like, as soon as they pass it, $15. So it's a gradual nah. thing. That was not the case. Yeah, it was going to take time, yeah. And it was going to be a gradual increase to 2025. And they were going to provide tax cuts to small businesses so that they can keep up with the increases. Yeah. How is anyone against a 2025 $15 minimum wage? Because we don't want big government, bro. Bro. 2025, and you're still half getting paid 725. That is nuts to me. The Republican half the, half the country in Joe Manchin is, is in the pocket of businesses. They don't want to oh do it's going to hurt businesses. You know, they don't want the government interfering with markets. All right. I, I, always, ideology alone. I think I think what's becoming my new motto is that Republicans are evil and Democrats are just trade-out enemies of progress. Bro, at this point, Manchin should just either declare himself independent or they should like, just strip him off all community assignment because I don't understand what the fuck is going on. How are you against 2025? <laughs> what? That's, How why are you against, against that? People are earning something to that's live. What I, that's what I don't understand. Like, I keep I keep trying to wrap my head around the beef with $15. And I, I really can't come up with a logical reason as to what the issue is. Like, it, it, it don't make no sense to me. It really does $15, $15 passed in like red states. It was like a ballot initiative, I think, in several states, and it passed. It passed in Florida. It's something that people want, you know, but people want more money. Like, what are you what are you doing, man? It's a popular measure, anyways. Like, I, I don't understand like the logic here. I've tried reading but, up on Joe Manchin to figure out how he operates. Like, there's like not a, he's not a popular senator. There's only like a few articles about him, but like I have no idea like what because because him. because up on up up until recently, it was a backbencher. You know, yeah. and then Westbrook seventeen. Yeah, then then people re realized that. Profile. Honestly, I think it came from them's not flipping the red states that they think they could have flipped, and then realizing that Joe Manchin is the only stronghold, like in a red state, but that yeah. they have. That's is, probably what it come came from. But this Indeed is Florida. the thing. Uh, this is the thing they need to do though, because they one they got rid of filibuster because if mm -hmm. they don't pass the um, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. We're going to get flocked not only for this election, but for elections in the future, because I believe it's either this year or next year that states can now redistrict congressional mm -hmm. districts or whatever. Mm -hmm. And majority of the states, especially the swing states, are in Republican hands. We already saw in Georgia that they're rolling. We don't win in local governments rights. and local governments, local governments draw, draw state districts and gerrymanders. So exactly. and we don't win. We don't win there. So. Exactly. And we already saw it in Georgia. They're like, black people, you voted way too much. We're going to specifically mm -hmm. target you about saying we're black. Like, you got to get rid of the filibuster. Also, you're not even going to screw your party for 2022 elections. You're going to screw your party way down the road where we're barely trying to win the Electoral College for the presidency. They need to pull Joe Manchin to a room and be like, 2022, you're either you're in or you're out. Like, we're not giving you any funding nothing like you're at the party <laughs> like you're either in or you're out but you better like sit down and start voting the way we want to vote can yeah. i be real with you i just feel like joe manchin need his ass beat but <laughs> like, honestly we'll sit around all day at this point it's just annoying i don't right? want to advocate for violence but i feel like some of these guys could somebody needs to lay hands on some you know you know what the great, <laughs> you know? the great i don't advocate for violence the great john <laughs> lewis said the great john lewis said good trouble man good, good trouble. trouble good trouble, good trouble. We don't like, advocate for violence. There, there's, there's no way a However. red state, your red state governor, there's no way your red state governor is more liberal than you, bro. He's John, advocating John Tester, for the stimulus package. John Tester in Montana has the same situation. And he's like, and no, John Tester, he's not acting like, you know. No. The two Georgia senators that we just elected are in the same scenario. Very sick. I would What's say, up I, would, with you? I would say they probably in a worse scenario right now because the way Georgia, Georgian election laws have been going, like the way they try to try to like the since the last election, like they have tried to get stricter. Like yeah. and, by the, and if they don't if they don't pass that John Lewis bill soon, by the time next year they probably pass like you know voter ID restriction laws and like the less uh, people vote, the better. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna really crack down on it. All right, so time for my hot take about Vice President Kamala Harris. Here we go. Drum roll. <laughs> she is bored out of her life. She has nothing to do. Maybe if you, they pass some damn legislations. She can't do that. 
she went to yeah. West Virginia and Joe Manchin yelled at her. And we never really saw her again. You know what I mean? No, like what I'm saying is that I feel like if there was passed the legislation and you know 50-50 split, her job was to go break that vote. But since niggas not really passing nothing, she ain't got shit to do. She has nothing to do, bro. Like if you look at her IG. She just walks from building to building. I don't know where she's walking to. Right. There was one where she was like exercising On with the, the poor secret service. They couldn't keep <laughs> up. They're like, go, go somewhere. Like she went to LA. She had nothing on her agenda. She, she just stands behind Joe Biden when Joe Biden just stumbles over and rambles when he talks about like a policy. For those four hours. <laughs> Right, I, I just feel so bad for her. Like, just put her back in the. I, I think. Point, I think. Yeah. I think it. I think it's only one month, but so far, I don't think she thinks it. It it, it isn't what the role that she was promised, you know, because she was promised a a robust agenda. Like she was supposed to be like the president number two, and she hasn't, you know. Joe Biden got those centrists surrounding him, and she not really. A, Bro, she, you look at her policy; she's not really a centrist. So I don't think they're friends, dude. She hasn't done it, dude. I, she hasn't done anything. I'm just not like this to her. It's just like, like, all right, let's look at our past VPs, right? Mike Pence. We knew what Mike Pence's role was was to be like the shadow president. Yeah. Like if you didn't like Trump, you can like Pence. Like that was they Pence's could role. they could give him the security right? briefings that Trump couldn't get. Right. He also brought the evangelicals into the yep. field. Yep. No, no, Pence actually was like a pretty powerful VP. Like he he very really powerful. Talk about it. Because without Pence, President Trump no mean nothing. Right. Uh, let's look at Barack Obama I, and, and Joe Biden. Joe Biden won. Joe Biden, we all know his role was to like convince white people to vote for a black for, guy. And then, and then convince the Senate to work with a black guy. But then Joe Biden actually had like legitimate policies, though. He ran like the initial stimulus package. He ran mm -hmm. the Iraq policy. He had like actual things that he worked on. She um, has nothing. Freaking Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney was the president. Dick Cheney. Cheney they, they said Dick Cheney is the most was the most is, is was the most powerful vice president, and I really thought uh, with Kamala Harris having that vote in the Senate, I've basically been part of two bodies at that point. I felt I thought she was going to pass it, but I'm very doubtful right now. We just need if you, to. If you Google her. Kamala Harris, you see the most most of the stories are about her selling her condo in San Francisco, rather than any policy <laughs> right. that she's working on. So. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a slow <laughs> month for her. Maybe they're kind of onboarding yeah, her. Maybe, slow yeah. If this is a it's slow ghosting. month. I'm just if saying I, for her, like, I don't know what else they're going to do with her. Like, it's kind of like, oh, we're just focusing on COVID, but we'll give you some stuff to do later, Kamala. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but I, yeah, she, do, I don't know. I don't know. I don't it's just know. kind of sitting in the meetings and taking notes. Who, who knows? It's, it's, it's sad, but hopefully yeah. it picks up for her. Oh soon. My God. When, when she first got elected a VP, she, first off, she has to fire her social media staff. She has to get rid of them because they had her at the VP desk in the White House highlighting shit. She's not even signing it. She's just highlighting stuff. She's not even reading it. And it's, I just feel She's so highlighting bad. it so there are important things that she could come back to at a later date. You're right. I apologize for... Kylie gets it. For a year down the road when she actually gets a pause. Yeah. Like, free you know, Kamala Harris. Them, them, them things be long. So she's like, let me get the keynotes. Let me, right, let me right. get the important stuff. Let me weed out the... the you know the miscellaneous words that people just be throwing in them. Think that them, they be thick. So, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's planning ahead. I will say one thing: we just talked about the teachers. She actually did come out and say teachers should be prioritized for COVID vaccinations. So oh. maybe that's why oh. she's she's causing this. She's causing some there, problems in the in the administration. Oh, is there a little, they got a silence. They got a silence. A powerful black woman. That's what they're, they're trying gonna, to do. That's why they just sent her back to LA. Like go cool oh. off. Right? Don't, don't be they're undermining Biden. You're right. overstepping. Yeah. Cool off. It's, wait. Humble Kamala, yourself. Kamala, the diversity ire from America? See, a thousand percent. <laughs> she's absolutely a diversity hire. If you, think, if, you think, if you think she was hired for any other reason than she, her being, I mean, like, yeah, she wasn't a senator. But if you think that her being a black woman didn't play a major role in her being the VP, you're foolish. Like, Biden knew he needed to pick somebody. You need to color it up. Yes. It was between her, Val Demings, and, you know, a few other uh, black uh, women politicians. So, yeah. Like, it wasn't enough that I was the first black president's VP. Like, I have to up the ante. Like, I got to give y'all something. Uh, I think, I think, I think he, he, he said, I found the winning formula for y'all. Honestly. Always keep some color on the ticket. 
you know what Biden should do to like save Kamala? Um, he should nominate her to the Supreme Court when yeah. the seat opens up. Save, he's he's, her. She's a lawyer, yeah. mad smart. Right. Like, Right. Matt, so, so take out her misery. <laughs> Seriously, man. You, you take a, work, a hard-working woman and stuck her behind her desk Honestly, and to do. You know, considering the last, you know, considering the last few confirmations, it might not be a bad idea. Could do worse. She could probably be the deciding vote for herself, and that'll be the last thing she does for yep. VP. Yep. You know? But Joe Manchin might shoot it down. But, no, Manson uh, might have said no. Right. I don't like you. She's, she's too liberal. <laughs> she's, too, <laughs> she's too liberal for the court. So she's going to drive a wedge in the, between the country, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Shout out to Joe Manchin. All right, guys. That's all I have for the Liberals podcast. Uh, thank you again for listening to us. Uh, if you like us, please uh, subscribe to our podcast. Please follow us on YouTube. Um, Please share our podcast with friends. Share us on social media. We are trying to grow. Um, hit us up. Give us some feedback. We'll respond back. We love we love interacting with the fans. So um, that's all I got for today, guys. And we're out. <laughs>